Hello, Berlin. Welcome back to the third episode of A Critical Review. In today's episode, we're talking about a union busting at Oberlin College. So basically what happened is in early 2020, right before the pandemic, Oberlin decided to fire over 100 unionized dining and custodial workers. This was a cruel decision that was made in order to save the college $1 million a year. And despite the activism that followed and all the protests and efforts from alumni because of the pandemic and everyone being sent home, the deal ended up going through. So today I'm speaking to Mary Dore, who is a really wonderful person that was affected by these layoffs. She was a custodian at the college for over 20 years, and I did this interview outside, so you may hear birds or other construction noises, but other than that, let's get into it. So this is Mary Dore. She is a lovely woman who used to... um, work for Oberlin College and was affected by the UAW layoffs in 2020 and I had the pleasure of speaking with Mary over dinner and she is here to tell a little bit about her experience but would you like to say some more about yourself and how long you worked at the college? I worked at the college for 20 years. The last nine years was in Condorm with the freshmen so I got to enjoy everybody coming in starting their new journey in life and and watching them grow. I used to tell the parents that I get to witness something you don't get to witness. I watched them coming in in their freshman year and then you watch how much they grow because you guys like blossom in your, you know, through your freshman year when you start. And then one day I came in and my job was gone. It was just over with. Can you tell me a little bit about what that experience was like? Was there any warning or conversation before? There was no warnings. We were taken into a meeting where they talked about it and decided that they could no no longer afford us, that the college was not in the business of paying workers for cleaning and food service. So we were more than welcome to reapply with the new company coming in, but they were terminating us. We We had negotiations going on, but I think it was more of a You know, it was just a charade. It was just, we're going to act like we're doing this so it makes us look good, but we're not really going to do it. Can you tell me more about that and the bargaining process? The bargaining process was more where the union and the lawyers and, and the company and their people would come in and we want this or we want work rules changed or whatever, and you go back and forth. This wasn't like that this time. This was... This is what we want. You you get these numbers and you can keep working. Otherwise, they're gone. Because the contract before that, our union let them put in that we can be outsourced at any time. We were told by the union that that's only for summer help. But those four words, for summer help, that's what we lost our job over. Because the union let it go in and they did not put that language in there for summer help only. And the college's stance was, it's in their contract, we have every legal right to do this. Well, you do have every legal right to do this, but morally. It's so wrong. um, And there was no talking. Let's get together, let's think, what can we do to save money? What are you guys willing to do? Nothing. What was that day like for you when 
the announcement came and you found out you were getting fired? We sat in the meeting, the whole meeting, the tears just fell. Really? Like, this, this is it. Anybody that's been around long enough knows when they haul you into a meeting like that, it's over with. You know, it's, it's not looking good. They decided that we had to leave August 15th. We were supposed to work to the end of August. Then they decided they needed us out on August 15th because we were interfering with Scioto, being able to get used to the buildings and do whatever they had to do. And they said that they're not paying us for those two extra weeks because we're giving you severance pay anyway. Then they turned around and they said, we want you out August 1st and we're gonna pay you. So we're like, we might as well get out to the severance pay. They're gonna pay us two extra weeks. So when we all got our pay stubs for that big lump sum of money for 10,000 severance pay, whatever you had left in your sick bank and vacation time, every time you would get um, your paychecks, if it was 30 hours vacation, 10 hours sick time or whatever, they never itemized it. Well, some of the guys Wait, knew- so they just gave you a bag of cash? Basically, cash? that's what they did. And they said that they would pay us those last two weeks. What they did was they took our sick pay and stuff like that and used it to pay us. And unless you, if you knew what they owed you, that you what? wouldn't know. Yes, one of the guys that never missed a day of work and he was two weeks short and we tried fighting them and the college said that we can no longer open up those uh, those wages that really it's not accessible they they made us leave two weeks early so basically we lost a full month of pay but you know hey they're giving us the severance pay and if we said anything then they could take us away because we had to sign a piece of paper stating that the bar, the... No, please, please tell me more about that because you mentioned that And dinner. dinner. When we went to go get our severance pay, we each and every one of us had to sign a paper. And basically the paper said that we agreed the college bargained in good faith because we had filed unfair labor practice charges against them. We had to drop those charges to even get the severance pay. Then we had to sign a paper stating that I, Mary, agree the college bargained in good faith and we will never sue them and we're forever grateful for basically everything they ever did to us. And it was to legally protect them from any of us to come back and sue them. And if we didn't sign it, we would not get our three months health insurance. We wouldn't get our severance pay. So Basically, they held your severance pay and health insurance hostage until you signed that paper. During the pandemic, yes. Until you said that they were fine and that yes. they did nothing wrong. Yes. That's terrible, and I think that's honestly something that a lot of people don't know because I had no idea about that. Mm -hmm. Like I, I on like. I knew it was messed up what happened, like all of you guys being fired, but I had no, like we weren't here after the pandemic happened, like I, had no. No, I thought everything kind of worked out, but. Because that's what they want it to be perceived as, that, yeah. oh, and then we decided we're going to give them a year's worth of health insurance, because it's a pandemic and and we're really concerned about our workers. The only reason they did that is because the alumni raised such a fit that yeah. they gave us a 
full year of health insurance, which we did not have to pay for. Thank God. And it was only because of the alumni. Because otherwise, they Wasn't wouldn't even get that. the alumni that. fund? Or is that 18-something? Did the money come from that fund, or is it from the college? For our health insurance? Yeah. I don't know who paid our health insurance. I know the alumni gave each and every custodian, I think it was like $3,500 on a credit card and uh, tax-free. And I think what it shows is that Oberlin alumni giving that money just shows that like the priorities of the college and the people who go here and the alumni and the faculty and that those priorities don't align those values are not aligned oh i and, agree yeah well, i agree oh. well i'm so happy that you know it wasn't a disaster for you when you got that no. investment but you I were mean, telling I, me about some of your friends some of my friends have lost their homes some of them their kids were ready to start college. It's like, well, definitely not going to do that now because of tuition remission. Can you explain what that is? A tuition remission is where Oberlin College would pay an employee if their child went to college and say the tuition for Bowling Green was $18,000. So Oberlin College would pay half of their tuition to send your kid to college for tuition it didn't pay for room or board yeah but they would go up to half of overland colleges wow and some kids were in college and their parents are like we can't do no that. can do so the college offered five thousand dollars for two years but they look at it as well we did this look at us you know pat us on the back we're good people they're not good people Good people don't do this for a living. You know, you and I talked about it earlier. People that have an education and people that are good at raising money, and you go out and do good things for people. You go out and help that person that is a little down because they're having bad luck. So if you use your job and you use the excuses, that's what I was hired for, well, you're not a good person because you chose that path. You chose to take that job knowing, well, we're going to get this place under control. Yeah. There's always a compromise, and there was no compromise. And there should have been. There should have been a compromise between the union and the college, but it wasn't going to happen. How do you think the pandemic affected things? Um, I, think it, I think it saved their ass because there was no students here. There was nobody here, you know, it was getting up to all roads lead to Oberlin. All these parents and prospective students are going to be on campus. And and the students already had in the windows union busters and, you know, posters on everything. There was, the students were not here to keep things going, you know. And then you got sent home and everything was virtual. And there was a lot of freshmen the first year that I got to know, they had no idea really? that any of this ever happened. None that's, whatsoever. And that's what bothers me about Oberlin. It's like, yeah, like every four years, people forget. Yes. Yeah. But it's like that documentary, stuff that you do, stuff that students do, that's what'll make it never be not forgotten. And I think it's important, especially for younger OBs, to know that 
the history of the place that they're going to. It is because when they when they decide to take something away and they give you this reason why they're going to do it, it needs to be in their back of the head. Well, it's unbelievable. And for anyone who's listening, Mary is literally a saint. I'll listen to like, you. <laughs> she does ev everything for oh, people. Thank you. Um, but can can you tell me more about what you do for students or just your relationships with students in the past and just kind of um, what Oberlin means to you? I, I think what Oberlin, years ago when my husband died, I went into the dorms and um, we go through the whole year and these students, they'd see me like cry a little bit and I'd come, somebody had flowers or you'd see a note. You make our day, blah, and they made, they gave me a reason to get up and live. You know, my husband was gone. My kids are in the army. They're both out of, nobody's here. And, and you're like, why am I even living? You know, my husband's gone. My life is over. It's, you know, the way you think. At the end of the year, we had an ice cream social. And I'm like, where the hell are all my kids at? They're gone. And I uh, see them come walking over from Con, and they have all this stuff, um, plants, because they know I like plants, and all these little gifts and cards. and. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys, what are you doing? And they're like, you know, you mean so much to us. You know, you've done so much. And I told the students, I'm going to not cry here, I promise. And I told the students, if you go out in the world and you do what you did for me, where you gave me a reason where it was worth getting up and coming to work, you gave me a reason to live. And I honestly don't know if I would have made it without you. So if you go out in the world and you do what you guys did for me, God bless every one of you, because this world will be a bigger place. When you worked in the dorms, you really got to know you guys, you know, not just somebody passing through. You got to know you guys as people and, and what you wanted out of life and what inspired you and made you a better person. And, and so over the years, you just start building on them relationships. And I think the hardest part of losing the job was thinking, I'm never going to have those again. How could I, how could I not have those, you know, special relationships with parents that you've met? You know, I told you I have parents stay at my house on graduation. Yeah. It's like, there's a key to my house. You got to like dogs. If you don't like dogs, don't come to my house. But it's whatever they ask for. Or the parents will call up. Can you go get, you know, Johnny his birthday cake? Or, or where do we, where can we get a storage unit? Or where can we get an apartment? So whatever they want, if I can't help them, you know, I'll, I'll find a way, or I'll find an answer for them. You can't really help everybody, but so I still get to see my students. And I honestly, I swear, when when it's people like you that I, are like, I agree. Like you, just, you hold everyone's life together. Like, I mean, so what are you up to now? Like. How, how have things changed? I don't have to punch a clock no more. Yeah. You know, for me, it worked out good. I was one of the very few lucky ones. I don't have to work. My husband and I, we took care of things and, and we had our 401ks, you know, in order. I'm okay with health insurance. I take care of a little old man on Thursday to help a family out. He has dementia. So this week we're going to the African wild safaris up in oh, Port. Wow. Yeah, I think he, he's gonna love it. That's great. And he's, he'll just be sitting in a car, but you know, he's getting pretty rough. The dementia is getting 
harder on the family. It originally started where I was just cleaning for him two days a week. Now it's, you know, 24-7 care, so I always go on Thursday and yeah. we go visit his sister and we go for road trips. I'm like, Pops, you want to go for a road trip? Um, and then the students, I go to a gym in the morning and work out. I basically do whatever the hell I want, and, yeah. but it's been good for me, but you know, other people it's not been good for. How has Oberlin called, because you worked there for 20 years, which is a really long time, so yeah. you've really seen kids grow up, you've seen the college change. How has it changed since you started working there? When I first started working here, it was more of a family atmosphere. Um, Thanksgiving time, everybody got a turkey. Before Christmas, you'd all have a little bit of a Christmas party. Aww. Everybody was, you know, your bosses were kind to you, you were kind to your bosses. It was a family. And then, probably about 10, 12 years ago, you could see the shift. There's really? them and they're us. And, and you don't cross the two them are better than us because we're just those low and it, it changed dramatically I left here when they were getting rid of us I couldn't take the pressure anymore it's like we did not even exist on campus never once we were not even acknowledged after that and at one point I had told my boss I'm like let me help you pack stuff up I want to do something you know no, we don't need you in the room because this way, if something's stolen, they can say that you did it. Well, All right, I've had a key to get in every room my entire life. But also, that's like basically they, they accused us that of stealing. That's assuming that we were not allowed in those rooms at all. All of a sudden, we weren't trustworthy. Oh my God. You know, and the last thing I would ever do. Number one would yeah. be steal, but take anything from a student. I would just never do that. Yeah. And just that they insinuated that. And by then, because we were the reason for all their problems, and we're just gonna blame them. And that's how the college has changed. And I don't think you'll ever get that back now. Really? Well, when you have people that everybody subcontracted out, they have, Food service is different because they already had the emotional attachment to college students. But when you're bringing people in that, you know, the turnover at Scioto is unbelievable. Yeah, I, what you were telling me before is just really interesting, like how back in the day it was like you work at Oberlin College, like, whoa, how'd you get that? Oh yeah, can you get us in? Do you know anybody that can get me in? And now, Everybody would be like, yeah, I don't want that job. Yeah. Laura quit. Al quit. They gave their two weeks notice. Bill, who was not quite ready to retire, said, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm giving you my two weeks notice. I'm retiring. They left. Wow. They just out and out left. Can you share what you told me before about what you want to say to students of like, because I'm a senior, I'm going out in the world, and I thought what you said to me about, like, if it's your job to do this to people, just, uh, just that, that made me tear up a little bit. One of, like the, one of my students, when this was all going down and stuff, and I was close with my students, every group I had, he was asking about it, you know, and he goes, the music's back on, everything's good, and I told him, you know, I had to do 
a lot of soul searching because this was really bothering me. And I had to decide really what was this job that I liked so much. You know, the pay and benefits were good, but what was really this job? And it was the students that I loved. And I told the students, I said, but promise me when you go out in this world and somebody offers you a job and you know that your job might be under the pretense, well, we have to cut costs, but you also know in your job that this is what you're gonna have to do. Look at all these tears and look at everybody walking around and choose not to do that job. Because people like Ambar choose to do this job because they get good money for it. You know, if you're gonna be the meanie, somebody's gonna give you all the money in the world. Use your education to do what's right in this world. Use your education to help somebody that needs help or work with a group of people that are underprivileged or the homeless, but help somebody because that's what makes the kindness in this world. You know, if instead of looking around and saying, what can I get if I do this? You need to look at things and say, what can they get out of this if I do that for them? Is it gonna make their life better? Is it gonna make their life easier? And if not, don't do that job. Oh, it's not worth it. It's not worth, not in my eyes, it wouldn't be worth it. But that's a choice people make and Ambar has chosen that. It makes me sad because I feel like helping people and stuff, that's such a big part of what Oberlin's about. I agree completely. So, I don't know, personally, I'm, like, it, it just makes me sad and I'm worried about Oberlin. But... I would hate to see this not be able to pull themselves up from this and move on. I don't know, because it's more about how many students you get in here now. Look at this, we had the biggest class. Well, if you ain't got no place for them to live, what does it matter? If you're paying so many people financial aid to get in here, then where's the money coming from? Yeah. But you know, then they get you on housing and food. Yeah. I mean, what do you pay a year for total housing and food? So I'm a senior and I live off campus and it's different, but the average Oberlin student lives on campus. It's, it's north of 16 grand, like 16, 17. Holy shit. Yeah, and I pay, my rent off campus is 350 for everything. Oh my goodness. Yeah, with utilities, Wi-Fi, all that included. And on campus, a review did, did the math once, it's around 1200 a month for like a double room. Are and you kidding? And that's not even your meal ticket? No, that's just housing. When the yeah. students left for COVID, the ones that were left, you felt bad for them because they, I heard that Bon Appetit was only allowed to spend so much money for students to feed them. So of course, you know, you're looking in the garbage and my one RA, I'm like, why is all your food in the garbage? Are you not eating? He goes, Mary, it's rice every day. It's everyday rice. I am so wow. sick of this. I said, so what would you like? I said, do you like linguine or? So, oh my God, he goes, yeah, he goes. So I made him chicken linguine and he said, I'm dying for steamed broccoli. And I put steamed broccoli in that. So then the next week, I'm like, do you guys like lasagna? Oh my God, yes, yes, we love lasagna. I said, okay. So we, I made lasagna dinner, salad, and um, all of that. And then we had 
had a little dinner. So then my girlfriend Deli and I decided that we were gonna really just piss him off. We had breakfast for the students. There was like nine left in our building. And they're like, should we get a permission? I'm like, no, no, it's, it's better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission and be turned down. So no, no, we're not asking. What are they gonna do, fire us? We're gonna leave our job anyway. This is our breakfast that we had for our nine students. Wait, I love that. Yeah. And I told the students, make sure everybody's six feet apart, you know. Yeah. We have to follow the COVID rules. Yeah, we had a good time that day. And they're like, they ate almost everything, except sausage. They were sick of sausage. So we had bacon and and all of that garbage. But um, it's been a good 20 years, but I feel bad for the people that still work here. They walk on eggshells wondering, are we next? Or what's going to happen next? And so. Yeah. It's kind of good to not be here anymore because of the atmosphere. The stress is not worth it. That's um, when you know it's a toxic work environment. Yes. Jeez. Yeah. Um, well, is is there anything else that you would like to say to anyone who's listening just about this experience? Um, or anything that we might not have covered yet? Yes, like your social justice starts at Oberlin College. And there's probably nothing you could ever do to ever get our jobs back. Maybe people like Scioto would be taken care of better by their companies because they're treated like dirt underneath their feet and they're worked like dogs. And if they don't get the job done, look at your look at your dorms or whatever. But your social justice begins at home and it's your job to make sure that every student coming in is going to be better off than what you were. It's your job to figure out how to make things better for them, being it's, being if it's for better mental health, if it's for racial issues, if it's for, you know, people that need a safe spot or whatever. But it's your job to look after now the incoming class because I obviously can't do it no more. <laughs> but I think that's what I would have to say to them is look out for your future classes coming up because Overland did you guys good because you chose it to be. Um, but I thank you so much. You're so welcome. It was nice meeting. to meet you. It was really nice meeting Dinner you. Dinner was great. Yeah. I, I had to really do it again. This. Yeah. Great.